so-called group of death for the United States. Because it's so hard that it's wet on top. Dempsey. Great start here. Can Dempsey score? and the U.S. The dynamic of the group changes totally if the U.S. can hold on here. Jan with a lovely ball though. Andre Ayo equalizes. It's a superb goal to break American hearts. Susie to take it. Welcome to the 14th episode of the Yanks Go Marching Podcast. Coming to you from the suburban sprawl, New Jersey, to Rocky Mountain High, Colorado. I am your host, Pat McDonald, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Chris Kaminsky. Chris, how are you feeling? Uh, it's a, I, I don't know. We're going to talk about the win. It's a good win uh, in the... In the sense that we won the game, uh, there's a lot to be negative about. But I will say this: uh, you know, I'm very impressed with the resolve of the team. I'm very happy there. In other news, had a fantastic this weekend at the Denver Comic Con. Uh, you know, hung out with some celebrities, well, some kind of C-minus list celebrities like <laughs> Bruce Campbell, stuff like that. But it was awesome. It was a good time. So. Uh, yeah, really good weekend, and what a way to to uh, start off this week with a big, 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 big USA win. What do you think, Patty? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was a tremendous week. Uh, I spent many days at Darby Road Pub, um, you know, where they have a tent here in Scotch Plains, New Jersey, uh, set up catered to you, uh, you know, soccer fans. Uh, the first really big game was England, Italy, where there were a lot of English singing their, you know, their songs for the, throughout the game. And uh, when they lost, Italian fans came spilling out of a bar across the street to kind of like raise their scarves, Italian flag at the English fans. And the English fans, uh, you know, saluted them, shall we say, properly uh, <laughs> in response to that. But it was it was great atmosphere. It's it's exactly what the World Cup is all about. Uh, but what we most care about. Uh, this is the U.S. national team. Um, before we get into that, as always, we are a beer-loving podcast. Beer joys tonight. Um, I drank enough during the group stage, so I'm actually taking the night off. <laughs> um, Chris has got a Jack and Coke. 
and Jason is drinking Yards Brewing Company Brawler Pugilist style out of Philadelphia. As always, we have yellow and red cards at the end of the show, so feel free to send in via Twitter or email your own yellow or red cards. So, of course, the big news. Yesterday, the United States takes home a win, exercises its Ghanaian demons with a 2-1 win. Uh... In the 82nd minute, it looked exactly like the script we all expected with the U.S. blowing the game late. And then, <laughs> out of nowhere, much maligned up to that point, up until well, up until he was sub, uh, subbed on uh, to start the second half, John, young John Brooks, German-American John Brooks, headed in a gr- beautiful Graham Zuzzi corner to get the winner, 2-1. to one, And then the United States defended like mad, to take home the three points uh, for five extra time minutes that I don't know where they got that from. But uh, all in all, lots to talk about, but three points for the United States. They are now in total control of their destiny. Um, total control? They were in total control before. Yeah, but, you know, we all thought up to, you know, it, it's now I think we're a little more confident. We're a little more confident of that uh, now that they have the three points in the book. Um so goals, obviously, see uh, John Brooks scored in the 86th minute. Dempsey obviously scored the fastest goal in United States World Cup history, sixth fastest overall in 32 seconds, uh, and it was a good one. So, initial thoughts, uh, Chris? Well, that was a really long introduction, Patty. I know. <laughs> Most aspects of the actually, you didn't. Uh, well, I mean, I, okay. So the first thing is let's let. I mean, there's time to be like celebratory about this and time to be analytical about it. So let's let's start off with the analytical, get the bad out of the way, and then talk about the good, right? Yeah. Then we can talk about the other bad again with it, which is the injuries. But um yeah, so you know, I, I, I've got a friend who uh who isn't a big soccer fan. I've got him to watch uh two or three, uh maybe even four games with me uh, by this point. But at any rate, um He's watching these games, and I mean, he he watched uh, Brazil, uh, Mexico with me today. He saw Spain, a little bit of Spain, Netherlands. Uh, so he's been he's been watching some of the, the better games. But uh, point is, he watched you know uh, USA, uh, Ghana as well, and he's like, we're not very good compared to other teams, <laughs> you know. And if a noob can see that, um, then you know, I I think it's pretty glaring. Yeah. All right, especially when you're up by one. Uh, I I wish we would have been a little bit more proactive. I wish we would closed down a little bit better. Uh, we gave up too much possession, too many chances. So some quick stats where you, Pat, I'm, I'm sure you've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, total shots for Ghana, 21 uh, to 8 for the for the Americans. Eight shots on goal, uh, you know, given a lot of work to Timmy, and he played very a little bit at the wrong way on the uh, uh, Andre Ayew goal, but still, I mean, a really strong game for Timmy Howard. Uh, we only had, you know, seven shots on goal. A few of those were pretty uh, pretty weak, to be honest. They were dribblers. So uh, we had more fouls. We had 20% less of the ball. Uh, we had less than half the number of corners they did, although we, we did well off of them. Uh, the, I mean, they were the aggressor through the entire game. Would you agree with that, Patty? Oh, absolutely. Uh, after the U.S. went up one nothing in the first minute, Klinsman clearly employed a bend-not-break defensive shell 
um, that was not exciting at all. And it's, 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 you know, it's not a, a strategy I think that they can get away with, uh, for the rest of this, uh, World Cup. There, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, they, they took their chances. I, I, I think, I think on all seriousness, I think they need to take a page from Mexico today. Mexico is a team they can beat, and Mexico is a team that did not treat Brazil today as some sort of, you know, soccer god. You know, they, they went into that game believing they could match them toe for toe, and the U.S. needs to do the same thing. They, they cannot, uh, sit back and absorb pressure against Portugal and Germany like they did against Ghana. That is for absolute right. sure. well, and, and they were lucky to get away with the win, uh, yesterday. Yeah, and Mexico was lucky to get out of today's game with a point. Let's be fair. I mean, Ochoa played, you know, Herculean in goal. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. he he was obviously the main difference in that game. I mean, Brazil, and if, I think if one of those goals would have gone in for Brazil, they would have ended up winning that game 3-0, you know. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it was just one of those, the, the door was slammed, and they just needed a breakthrough, and they never found a way to do it. Uh, but I don't think, I mean, you could say that, I mean, Mexico found its spots to get forward, I think probably more than we did. But at the same time, Brazil was was the dominant force in that game. So uh, it's, a, it's a nice thing to be able to say, but I'm not sure it's 100% true. I just don't want us to – I think Klinsman's clearly worried about the heat and the humidity and how much it drains his players. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not expending the typical American effort <laughs> in chasing down the ball and trying to put pressure on it. Um, that's only going to be worse in the jungle. Yeah. Now, right. Uh, the, the good thing being Portugal's got to play in the exact same uh, conditions. You know. Very true. But I mean, we've seen a few teams play in Manaus. Mexico had their opening game in Manaus. It was pouring rain. Uh, England and Italy have played in Manaus. That was just a horrific, horrific game. And those players were hardly running at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. they were. I mean, they they had scoring chances that they weren't going for because they were so drained. So everything we thought could be bad about Manaus is is proven to be true. It might be the right game to try and get on the scoreboard in the first ten minutes again. I'm not sure if we can do it, and then just sit back uh, because I don't think they're gonna. I don't think Portugal can come at us too much. I think Ronaldo he is a baby. If we learn anything. From from Portugal's drubbing at the hands of Deutschland, Sadoisha Fusban Bunta. I think that we can certainly say Portugal is soft. If you punch them in the mouth, they cower. And more than anybody, more than anybody, Cristiano Ronaldo. We uh, a couple years ago, I took a bunch of. Uh, uh, high school kids to Spain. And we happened to be there during a Real Madrid-Barcelona uh, match, and so we, we were able to watch it. And, uh, you know, not all the kids were familiar with, with all the players. And I told them, uh, Ronaldo always has this look on his face like somebody took his toy truck. You know, it's <laughs> like, look at my toys! I mean, he's just always Did, did like you see the uh, meme of sad Ronaldo? After, um, uh, isn't it, it great? Was... I mean, it's tremendous. It's not just sad. It's like, it's just, nobody likes me. Nobody wants to play with me. Nobody wants to pass me the ball. I mean, <laughs> just this terribly big baby. It was, the, I mean, the most telling moment on Ronaldo was late in that game. Uh, and, and uh, I mean, they're, they're already down at that point. I think it was 3-0 at the time or whatever. But, um you know, R- Ronaldo. Well, first of all, they didn't take him off, right? He, mm-hmm. I mean, he may have not come off, but 
I mean, he's had an injury problem. Clearly they're done. Yeah. And they're not taking Ronaldo off the pitch. Um, and there's some uh, – I can't remember the exact situation, but there's some foul or some something. And he's so upset that he doesn't get the free kick, the the penalty kick, the whatever kick. It's mm-hmm. like a goal is going to make a difference. He just wants the stats. Yep. He's just a, uh, a selfish, selfish player. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> we'll look forward to Portugal in a second. Yeah. <laughs> bring it back. Let's bring it back. Uh, I just don't feel like the sitting behind the ball strategy is A, going to be effective in this group, and B, American. And, I mean, at, at the end of the day, the one thing we can say about this win was that it was very American. But <laughs> it was American in its first five minutes, and it's, it was American in its last five minutes. And yeah. beyond that, it was total shit. Yeah. No, it was. It was an ugly match. I mean, except for a few bright spots, uh, the obvious being Jermaine Jones. Let's let's just talk about that for a second. Jermaine I Jones. I told you about that sucker for I, years. I've been on your side with Jermaine Jones. This this podcast has been a pro-Jermaine Jones zone. But uh, most American fans, uh, I, I think they're believers now. They're believers now after watching that. Uh, you know, and to a lesser extent, Kyle Beckerman, which I know you don't want to hear, but um, they were both uh, tremendous. I credit there. I think Jones was the long arm of justice. Oh, he was he was the destroyer to the max. He was the man of the match. I mean, if you want to, for those who love the offense, obviously, I think they're going to go John Brooks on this one. But uh, Jermaine Jones, he did everything. The, he's the reason they were able to hold on uh, and stay in that game. Uh, just killing as many Ghanaian uh, offensive, uh, you know, offensive phrases as possible. Um, it, the other thing I, I think, you know, at least looking forward that we can, it's a negative about this game, but looking forward we can see this positive, is that Michael Bradley was awful. Now, he hasn't, throughout this entire lead-up, he's been iffy. But I don't know, I just don't see him continuing to be awful. Uh, he is such a good player. Of course, he's also not being helped by being played out of position. But uh, right. he, he was, besides Mark, DeMarcus Beasley, he was one of the worst players on the pitch yesterday. And I don't see that continuing. I, I see him breaking out of this funk at some point. You'd think he has to. Uh, it, it was really weird with him because, you know, Jones kept getting pulled out to the left to cover for DeMarcus Beasley, who I think was our poorest player on the day. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Beasley kept finding himself too far up the pitch, especially consider this is situational awareness, mm-hmm. right? Beasley was not aware of how, to the extent that which Ghana was trying to attack him, not his side of the field, not, you know, uh, a certain area. They were attacking him. Mm-hmm. And every run he made up the field into a deep offensive zone without the ability to get back, um, fast was another moment that I just held my breath. And so Jones was constantly getting pulled outside to cover for uh, for Demi- Demi- DeMarcus Beasley's sorry ass, right? Yeah. So then that opened up a spot in the middle. And one of two things happened. Beckerman had to slide over to take the middle, and then Bradley would go out right to cover the right side. Or uh, – uh, Beckerman would stay right, and Bradley would have to drop all the way back into the middle. So he expended a lot of energy. I mean, he wasn't playing box-to-box. He was playing 
you know, six-yard box to six-yard. I mean, he was playing yeah. all the way from goal to goal, mm-hmm. um, especially after the Altador injury when we weren't getting a lot of offense. And Johansson was trying to make those deep penetrating runs, but he wasn't making them diagonally. There was no service there. So he was yeah. taking defenders with him, and Bradley was trying to follow him up um, behind and get deep, but there was ne- there was never any service there. So – I t- yes, Bradley was awful. The thing that I think we can't afford to have him do is give the ball away as easily as he did uh, and have such a bad pass rate. But I would imagine that out of anyone on the field, he would be one of the more traveled people in terms of distance covered over the course of the game. And I did not see that stat for the game. I couldn't find it anywhere. If anyone's found it, let us know. Um but distance traveled is a big stat for me, and I think he probably did a lot of overworking, uh, and he was playing tired the entire game. So uh, I give him a little bit of a pass because we know what kind of great player he can be. Hopefully he finds a way to straighten it out against Portugal. Yeah. And, and again, I think he's capable. Um, you know, the, the other big news, obviously, to come out of this match is are the injuries. Um Clint Dempsey broke his nose, looked like a pugilist at the end of the uh, match. Um, per, in my opinion, Garna should have been carted on that play. Accident or not, that's a high boot, uh, clearly. Uh, yeah. Matt Beasler uh, with a hamstring injury. Uh, that one, uh, not so serious from everything I'm hearing. He may even actually be available uh, for against Portugal. Josie Outdoor, obviously the most heartbreaking one. Uh, you could see... As soon as he pulled up, you knew it was bad. Um, that being said, Klinsman on the record today say, today saying uh, Josie Altador will be back in this World Cup. Will it be for Sunday? I don't think so. But it, it'll be the, for the final, Patty. <laughs> it'll be for the final. The final against whoever. Um, <laughs> so we, you know, that there's. It's it's really tough. Um, Josie Altidore, for the people who da- still doubted him, uh, and I've been guilty of this too, don't get me wrong, I-, I think you may have noticed how much the U.S. was missing once he left the field when you saw Aaron Johansson's non-existent uh, hold-up ability. Would you agree? What's that? Uh, Aaron Johansson is clearly not, does not have the hold-up ability of Josie Altidore oh, whatsoever. No, he doesn't. Of course he doesn't. Of course he doesn't. Mm-hmm. This isn't news, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there were some there were some words out of Europe that his hold-up ability had improved, and, and there are plenty of American fans who never recognized that ability in Altidore, is what I'm saying. But now that oh, we saw that in that, in the, obviously you don't want a offense predicated on just booting the ball deep and letting your forward hold it, but it's a tactic that's, you know, valuable to have. And now, without Eddie Johnson, without Terrence Boyd, they do not have that option right now. Right, yeah, yeah. So. I, it's, a, it's a tough, tough thing. But I think, you know, I know that Jurgen likes to play with a target forward. Uh, but I think if he's playing with Dempsey up top, it's a little bit less of a concern for me. Again, we do have some depth at that position. We do have some scoring ability. Heck, within the first 30 seconds of this game, we had – erased the eight-year drought of American strikers scoring in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, I and I think Dempsey even more now is going to play with a chip on his shoulder. When you get punched in the mouth, or in this case, kicked in the nose, uh, and 
and you, you know, fight through it, that, I, I feel like there is energy that comes from that, there's determination that comes from that, and I would expect Dempsey to go on to have the best tournament we've ever seen him have. We know he was disappointed by his tournament last time, uh, and we also know uh, that he's a guy, you know, you can't keep him down for too long. We saw his drought. We were worried about it, and then he just exploded for Seattle. I think we can expect a good tournament from him. So even without being able to, uh, you know, hold up the ball for Johansson, I think Dempsey's going to be good up top. He's the first U.S. player to score in three World Cups. Um He's our, you know, he's our most important offensive player, uh, and and I would expect him to fill that void uh, left by Altador. And hey, I trust Johansson. And if Johansson can't get the job done, I trust Wondolowski. I think we have good options. I, you know, I'm with you on on, on Wondolowski. And it's funny because where I was, you know, people started booing when he was warming up. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think he's a valuable player. Um, so you're saying you would uh, you would move Dempsey into Altidore's old spot and Johansson underneath? Uh, yeah, I think De- I think Dempsey can do a lot more of holding the ball up and playing with his back to goal. He sees the field better, I think, a little bit than Johansson does. He understands tactical football a little bit better than Johansson maybe does. Um, so I, I might try that, uh, you know, it, but you also might better be benefited from going with a five-man midfield uh, against Portugal and really muddying that up and not giving him the space to roam. So I can see a lot of, a lot of different options. Now, um, if you did that and just put uh, Dempsey alone up top, because uh, I loved what Zuzi brought to the game, by the way. Um, oh, me too. I, I thought Zuzi had a good game, but I thought Zuzi – he was what the game needed. Klinsman clearly saw it. Um, the, I, I thought the game slanted a little bit more our way once we got Zuzi involved. And, of course, that uh, corner kick was <clears throat> perfecto. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't mind seeing uh, another person in that midfield uh, deploying, two, you know, 2-3, you know, having um, yeah. uh, Batman and Jones sit back and then uh, – uh, having uh, Bradley in the middle and Bedoya and Zussi out wide on either side. Uh, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I think that's a very real possibility that we'll see. Even though Klinsman has now said, you know, uh, formations are not exactly a thing anymore. Um, I, I do think they'll return some semblance of the you know four two three one with, like you said, Bedoya Zussi uh, out wide. Bradley still in the middle and Dempsey up top. Uh, you did bring it up very briefly. Graham Zusi, I think, like you said, Bedoya, not bad. Uh, you know, he he's very good at working very hard, uh, which is what exemplifies American play. But no, nah, I mean his his free kicks led something to be desired. And sure enough, with that you know final corner kick by Graham Zusi, you saw where his instant value was. Um, yeah, so I think you know, even if Klinsman doesn't exactly employ that uh, at four two three one, I think we very well could see uh, Zusi replace um, Bedoya out there. But we shall see. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we obviously yeah. touched upon. Whoop. Go ahead. I, I will say too. I mean, I, I you know, Beckerman did have a good game. He didn't make any mistakes that I would no. uh, uh, have to hate him even further for. Not that I could hate him any more than I already do. Uh, <laughs> no, God, please, uh, no, no, no. 
I'll, I'll give the man credit. Uh, he did have he did have uh, a, a decent enough game for me to not uh, burn an effigy of him. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, all around, I you know I thought it's tough because you know some of those players that you expect to have good games did have bad games. Uh, I thought Brooks even on defense played pretty well. I mean, he had a real yeah. good uh, <clears throat> defense there right right at the end. I can't remember who Absolutely. it was, um, but I, I thought he held up well. So even if he has, he's forced to play. It was a good debut for him, and incidentally, that was the first goal scored. Uh, I heard the stat: uh, first goal scored by a U.S. sub in World Cup history. Interesting. Uh, and it was also uh, you and I were talking about this until John Brooks came on as an injury replacement. He was not cap tied to the United States. He yeah. had not. Competitive match only four friendlies, uh, so, so his cap was in the World Cup uh, on the biggest stage, and boy did he deliver! Yeah, no, I, I mean I think when he first came on, he his first defensive play was a whiff, but after that, he settled into, he settled into the game real nicely. And um, if Beasler is hurt, I mean if Brooks can play like that, then you know we're going to be okay. Um, yeah. Getting brilliant experience for uh, 2018 now that he is officially a Yank. What a good, what a good, good, good experience for those uh, those German American players. I mean, I thought they had you know the ones that did play had a hell of a game for us. Uh, mm. Just another you know Klinsman move that uh, at first was you know met with a lot of skepticism and scrutiny, uh, and boy did it pay off. Uh, Especially Jones, uh, obviously we talked about just being, you know, the man of the match and just a complete wrecking ball and solid rock. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, John Brooks scoring the winning goal. Sajoymans, the Deutsch! Ah. The Deutschlanders. Now, it, it, when it comes to Klinsmann's decision-making, uh, I've kind of just given up on trying to figure out what he's going to do next. But whatever he does, it always seems to just work. So, uh, yeah. you know... Kudos, Air Klinsman. Uh, the other Group G game, obviously, uh, Germany dismantled Portugal four to nothing. Portugal just unraveled very quickly. I, I don't know what it was that. I mean, maybe it's because I'm brilliant and I said they're overrated. I mean, that might be part of it. But uh, another part of it is I don't exactly see how the number three team in the world can just unravel that quickly. Uh, a red card on a headbutt lose one of their best defenders for the U.S. game. They also have two injuries now to two other players for this game. They are clearly reeling. Um, did you get to watch the Germany uh, 4 nothing destruction of Portugal? I, I did. And my question for you, Pat, and I think it's an interesting question, do you feel that more German took them apart or that Portugal fell apart? Uh... I I, I think it's more the latter. I think Portugal more fell apart. I mean, Germany is a very good team. Uh, should be considered a favorite to get to the final or the you know final four. Um, but it, it's just it, it was clearly if you're going to headbutt a guy, um, that's clearly more on you than the other team dismantling you. I mean, once that happened, and it was just open season on the Portuguese. So. Uh, I actually watched the game in Newark, which is a you know, heavily Portuguese community in uh, here in New Jersey, and uh, 
the fans, at least I watched, were pretty defeated pretty quickly. Uh, it was it was kind of a shame to see, but um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. This this game should provide the what what the U.S. can take out of this game is one, be very afraid of Germany. They are very good, and two, Portugal is there for the taking. Uh, I wish I could agree with that, but I'm not 100 percent sure it's true because uh, you know, if if it were if I'm just who can who can tell? They obviously fell apart. They obviously lacked pride in that game. But if if it were me, if I were a player, and I'm not elite in any sense of the word, uh, but if if it were me and I had gotten humiliated like that, the only response for me would be to try and punch back, not to not to um, just disappear. Really? Uh, after we after we completely talked about what a sissy. Uh, what a sissy Cristiano Ronaldo is. You, 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 you see a team, but he's their best player. Without him, forget about it. Portugal is not in the conversation for the top, the top ten of the of the world. And, and you, you may see a team that's ready to punch back. I see the 2010 French national team. Uh, well, that could very well be. Uh, we haven't reached the mutiny stage yet, um, but at the same time. I don't know. I mean, it does scare me. I mean, a cornered cat can sometimes uh, strike out against you. Uh, and, and heck, I would be very uh, for, for some sort of response. Now, it may not come. may not come at all. But I would say, you know, they're going to be angrier after that game uh, rather than losing a close 2-1 game. Uh, and... I would expect more of a reaction out of them. I mean, they're a proud team. They're a good team. They're a talented team. They're a laughing stock right now. The people back home think that they're failures. They're going to want to come out and play hard on the biggest stage. I can see them having a good game. I think the best thing in our favor is not how badly they got whooped by Germany, but the fact that we're playing in the jungle. And if they wilt in that heat, I know the Americans are going to continue to play hard because that's the American way. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way we got into this World Cup. That's the way we held on by our fingernails to beat a Ghana team and avenge uh, two World Cup losses. Hell, that's the that's the reason Mexico's in this tournament to begin with. Uh, you know, because we beat Panama when mm-hmm. Mexico couldn't beat Costa Rica, uh, and we got uh, because we play hard and because we don't we don't quit. So, I think the fact that we're playing in the jungle is the bigger advantage for us rather than the butt kicking, the two injuries and the suspension that Portugal faced. I think it's a perfect storm. All put it all together. It's a perfect storm going against Portugal. You know, the U S cannot kowtow to this team and, uh, they can't look past this team either. Don't get me wrong. They need, they need to go in there and, you know, not look past this game to Germany they got to play hardest, like you said, and I think they will. I think that's what Klinsman does does best. And if he sees something wrong with the game, he'll make a sub to fix it. That's also what he does best. So, we're out, obviously, we're talking about now. We might as well just talk full on about the Portugal match. It is Sunday, June 22nd, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, it will be played at Arena Amazonia in Manaus. Uh, right now, the forecast for next Sunday is uh, 93% humidity at night. Uh with a high of 85 that day and a low of 73%, or as low as 73 degrees. Oh, man. 
I shouldn't be a meteorologist. Uh, there's some early uh, thunderstorms, so, you know, the ground could be nice and soaked, much like it was in Natal. Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a, a brutal environment, but you know what? Hey, the United States has the players, uh, especially those who are MLS-based, who are quite used to playing in the awful summer heat. Um, yeah, so, I'm going to advantage America. I think in yeah. all things, advantage America, advantage America, advantage America. So let's uh, let's just uh, get right down to predictions. Uh, we've we pretty much discussed uh, Portugal and their problems, U.S. and our and uh, our problems. Uh, predictions. What do you think the U.S. Uh, does in this game? Uh, I'm always the negative Nelly, aren't I? Uh, I feel like we're going to draw this game one you know one. If that's negative, that's not too negative because <laughs> that's not too negative because if we draw this game, we're in good shape. We are in good shape. I think so. I mean, and what's really great is that we will know, right? We will mm-hmm. know by Saturday evening because uh, Germany and Ghana play on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we'll need to do in order to advance. So, I mean, if Ghana draw, finds a way to draw Germany, that's bad news for us, I think. Because mm-hmm. uh, Germany's going to come out and straight up thump us. <laughs> Uh, but if you know if Germany does what Germany does and Ghana loses, mm-hmm. uh, then I mean Portugal's negative four in goal differential, Ghana will have uh, will be on two losses. So we really only need one point to get out of this group. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we're there. Uh, that being said, like I said, I think Portugal's ready to be knocked out for the count. Uh, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go super optimistic. I'm going to say we secure advancement out of the group of death after the second match in the uh, 2014 Brazilian World Cup. The United States will beat Portugal again like they did in 2002, uh, but not by the same score. Probably by like, uh, I'm going to go one nothing. Oh, you didn't go for the classic U.S. scoreline of 2-1. No, I'm gonna go with one nothing, and I and I imagine it's gonna be almost very similar to Ghana, where once we score a goal, it'll be just awful, and we'll be like, "Come on, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you absorbing all this pressure?" No, um, I really think if we score a goal, Portugal will. I think if we score the first goal, that's when Portugal is gonna just go to hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, they'll just start not in the face, not in the face. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, man. That's, uh, so there you have it. Um, if you haven't heard, teams that win their first game in the, in the World Cup have an 85% chance of advancing. Uh, so, like we just discussed, the U.S. can't advance with a win or a draw. Uh, I think a win or a draw plus a Ghana loss to Germany. Yeah. I don't think it's as easy as saying a win. I mean, a win, we're through. Mm-hmm. A draw, it's not as easy to say we're through for certain. So I think we need to draw, and Germany needs needs to beat Ghana. Yeah. And then I would feel pretty comfortable about saying, unless, I mean, because I don't think Ghana's going to lose. Well, I don't think Ghana's going to lose to Portugal at all. But I don't think Portugal's going to lose by four. And even if they do, I would expect Germany to beat us. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, if we – now listen to this. <laughs> if – we draw Portugal, say, mm-hmm. for example. Yes. And then Portugal beats Ghana by four goals. We could just lose to Germany by one goal or two goals, and the, and Portugal will never be able to make up the goal differential. Yeah. Uh, 
So, I mean, I think I think the easiest way to say it is we advance with a win or a draw and a gone a loss. Yeah, we, uh, we definitely need to, either way, we need to uh, stay on our toes. Uh, win will be better than a draw, that's for sure. And that's, you know, that's like my John Madden analysis of the night. A win will be better than a draw. Yeah, right. case either way, Donna has to lose on Sunday, on <laughs> Saturday, for us to have a chance to advance on Sunday. Yeah, but do you think a Ghana knocked out is going to put put up a fight against Portugal? Uh, probably. You think so still? Black Stars are a proud team. They're a proud country, and they've got witch doctors. That's true. They and do have witch, witch doctors. I'll be angry. Yeah. Did you see that witch doctor fan that was there, like, in the middle, <laughs> towards the end of the game? They, like, went through, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. Well, now, so, I mean, the other thing about this, Patty, is, you know, right now, we, you know, we had uh, Chris Naden on last week uh, to talk a little bit about the betting on the thing, uh, mm-hmm. on the on the World Cup. Uh, and a lot of people, uh, Chris Naden included, have been talking like Belgium's like a very uh, hip team to pick to advance deep into this tournament, possibly put up a challenge to win it. They have was... a little bit of a rough going against Algeria today, but they finished it off when it was important. Fellaini had a nice goal off the bar. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, it was a it was a good header. I mean Fellaini never scored for Man United, so I mean that was that was a surprise of all surprises for me. But anyway, <laughs> Belgium's in group H, right? So if Belgium comes out of H as the top of that group and there's no reason why they shouldn't, mm-hmm. uh, we would play Belgium yes. uh, on July first at two PM if we came out of group G second. And that is a tough fixture. Uh, yeah, that would be a tough game. Out of all the teams the United States played in the past couple of years, uh, Belgium has always been the one that most uh, that impressed me most. Um, you know, it once obviously Klinsmann's mantra really set in because you know U.S. had that bad loss to Brazil as well. Um, that that being said, I mean they did get it done when they needed to, but they they looked beatable today. That that's for sure. Um, yeah, it'd be much know. nicer to. Be- uh, to finish first in this, I mean, we're not getting our eyes aren't getting bigger than our stomachs. Listeners, don't worry. But it would be sure nice to finish first in Group G, and we'd have to play the second place team out of Group H. That'd be Korea, Republic, Russia, or Algeria. And yeah. I, I think any of those teams we could handle. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it, it, it'd be great if to watch. Uh, I mean, when when we beat Germany and we win the group of death. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But yes, that would be a much easier path. Uh, Russia, oh man. Fabio Capelli, who is his... Or Fabio Capello, who's his uh, goalkeeper coach? I, I think he needs to fire that guy. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, two years running. Oh my gosh. If you didn't see it, uh, Russia's goalkeeper, terrible mistake. Uh, much like the England, uh, like, Julie, uh, like Green, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robert Green. Robert Green, uh, thank you, uh, letting in the uh, goal against the United States in World Cup 2010. Just a complete howler, uh, letting in a goal and allowing uh, for a 1-1 draw against Korea Republic. What a crap result for the Russians, and very disappointing, I'm sure, for Capello. Yeah. Was that? you think that one was worse, or Green's uh, goal? Green's. You're with Green? I don't know. It's just the, the, the one today... Just like seeing it, just bat it down. Bat it down and you're good. I mean, Green's at least, I mean, there might have been like a tiny little weird hop, but I don't know. I think I'm going to think today's might be worse. 
Ah, <laughs> oh, man. All right. Is there any other World Cup fun we can talk about? Oh, well, there's lots of. I mean, this has been a great, great tournament so far. Uh, the Netherlands shellacking of Spain was yes. just so beautiful to behold. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if Chile has enough uh, to, you know, to to fend off Spain in that second game. But if they can, you know, even get a point out of it, you you got to feel really good about their uh, ability to advance. I mean, Spain's really behind the eight ball. Uh, and you know, worst uh, worst defeat in the opening uh, in their opening match after winning the World Cup by a former a previous World Cup champion. Yeah, it's a it's a big surprise to some, not so much to me. I've been quoted on this show many times as saying, "I think Spain's run is over." And obviously, the way that they, uh, I mean, they just took it in the chin uh, by the Netherlands. I I I do think they're done. I don't. Th- I think they're out of ideas. I think they're old. Uh, and I, I, I do not see them, even if they get out of this group, which is pr- – I mean, Australia is a terrible team, let's yeah. be honest. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so Spain uh, has, a, has a puncher's chance if they can, if they can beat Chile to get out of the, out of the group. But um, you, you got to feel like they're not going to advance very far. If they do get out of the group, uh, they uh, – let's see, that's group uh, B, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, 2B would play Brazil. Um, That's a so, tough one. Yeah, so that would be – and Brazil hasn't looked like the Brazil we know uh, through the first two games. I mean, they, they secured a win after the first game on a you know on the strength of game-shifting shaky penalty call. Uh, Mexico they should have finished better against, and they didn't, uh, earning themselves a draw. But, again, you know, they've got four points, and they're, you know, pretty well through to the second round. And I, I think it's pretty clear they're going to win that group. Uh, I mean, Mexico still could, but – I think uh, Brazil's got the best opportunity to win that group. So I'd don't, imagine what don't sleep on don't sleep on Croatia in this group. I, I mean, I know oh, they they I lost they lost to Brazil. Do not sleep on Croatia, man. They I I know they lost to Brazil, but they lost under you know somewhat dubious circumstances with that penalty. Uh, Croatia, do I mean they've got Cameroon next, so that's going to be you know I think that's one that's going to go in their favor. Uh, it's just going to come to be a point of where, you know, what happens in that final match between Croatia and Mexico. I mean, I had to, okay, I can give you that. I had, had against Mexico. I mean, the point is, if Spain has to play Brazil coming into the round of 16, they are screwed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I, you know, I, mean, I think Brazil will have found their footing by then, and it's a big uh, – it's the difference between them playing, you know, Brazil and, the, and them playing Mexico, which – is, mm-hmm. you know, we're playing an enormous difference. So, especially with uh, Brazil being on home, home turf. So that to me is, uh, you know, is a real interesting storyline. Uh, How about other, uh, other big upset? Costa Rica, 3-1 to one over Uruguay. I know, it's a really big win. And you know what? I still like Uruguay to beat England. I, mean, I, <laughs> I'm, I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you. Uh, England is not in good shape, and Costa Rica, it's a very good win. CONCACAF is playing well at this tournament. I mean, no, I know Honduras lost, but they had the, you know, that was the worst fixture for them uh, in, in that group. So, so they've got Switzerland and Ecuador left. They yep. couldn't have a chance to get out of that group yet. Uh, uh, losing Wilson Palacios is not going to help. Uh, it's not going to help. I'm just saying. Do you think Ecuador or Switzerland are particularly good teams? They're not great, but uh, I mean, if you're going to take, 
I don't know. I mean, the way Honduras played against France, I, I'm, I mean, France is a good team. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they have a chance. They, 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 you know, they have a puncher's chance, I guess. Okay, well, sir. Well, let's just say this. What if three of four CONCACAF teams advance to the round of 16? That would be a great move. That would be great. That's, I mean, that's like best-case scenario. Mm-hmm. Two of those teams are in the group of death. One came in on horrible form, and one, no one gave a chance to whatsoever coming into this tournament anyway. So mm-hmm. if three or four, three or four of them can advance, that is just an amazing, amazing feat. I really like it. And Group D, it fascinates me. I mean, there is still so many storylines going on there. Uh, and I really, uh, the Italians, I think that they'll play very well and be able to, you know, uh, go nose to nose with Costa Rica. Uh, uh, Balotelli, oh my goodness. I mean, he's, when he is on form, he is just a beast. Oh, he's phenomenal. Uh, uh, I mean, he's unstoppable when he is focused. And he's hardly ever focused. He's the J.R. Smith of soccer. Yeah. Um, but when he is focused, I mean, he's better than, more talented than J.R. Smith. But when he's focused, he is just deadly. Uh, and, you know, Uruguay and England, who knows what's going on there? But a huge win for Costa Rica. They're in the they're in a pole position in that group. Uh, and frankly, I mean, if uh, England gets battered against Uruguay, they're going to pack it, pack their tents, and go home. So that's, that would be a second win for Costa Rica in the final game, at least. That's an advancement. So I I like their chances. Obviously, we talked about how we like the USA's chances to advance. Some really freaking good stuff going on here, man. Yeah, uh, I will say about. I mean, I'm with you. It's looking great for Concacaf, uh, but I, I do think it's Italy's group to lose in Group D, and uh, Costa Rica. It's you know we'll see. The Italy match will be a big. Uh, it'll certainly show us where Costa Rica truly lies right now uh, in this thing. Yeah. Um. By the way, Patty. CONCACAF 3-0-1 in their first group game. That's the best winning percentage out of any confederation in the World Cup. Just a phenomenally fantastic stat. I can't believe that that's true. Yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, we kind of talked about both teams, but uh, worst meltdown, Spain or Portugal? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, Spain is a little bit more surprising because they're the defending champion. But Portugal, uh, the headbutt, it's and it. I think everybody lost their shit for Portugal. I think from top to bottom, the coaching staff lost their minds because they they didn't think enough to take Ronaldo out of that game when it was beyond any chance of them winning. Especially given the fact that Ronaldo's been injured the entire last few weeks. Uh, Ronaldo, I thought he might try and go after the ref after a couple of those fouls or <laughs> things that he perceived to be fouls. Uh, he obviously wasn't keeping his cool. Uh, obviously the Pepe red card was, was just, you can't get away with that. You can't, it's too egregious. Uh, there's, I don't know, from top to bottom, the meltdown there was just bad. It seemed to me like with, with Spain, Netherlands, it was a little bit like Spain just caught in quicksand and it was a snowball effect. They didn't really lose their cool. They just they they were chasing the game too much, and they and they have not played from behind often enough to know what's going on. Uh, so it's a it's a tough tough 
circumstance for Spain. I would imagine Spain's more likely to have a full bounce back than Portugal, though. What do you think about who's the worst meltdown, Spain or Portugal? Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think the red card is what puts it in, you know, puts Portugal over the top with this, uh, you, you just can't headbutt. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it's just, you know, if you headbutt somebody, yeah, it's pretty much like you're, you just lost your mind, you know? You just lost yeah. your mind. So. Yeah. Uh, want to talk about the refs? The best ref oh. so far, Mike Geiger. Uh, you're actually tracking who's roughing what game. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I didn't even watch Mark Geiger's match. But. Uh, no, no, I'm I'm good. I I think it's been a. I mean, obviously, there's been a few penalties that have been bad, uh, but on the most part, the, the refs haven't made themselves the story of the tournament. So, uh, I, I'm pretty fine with what they're doing. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen some. I thought the. I think I thought I personally thought the uh, the the ref in the U.S. game let uh, some stuff go too much. Um, I'd rather early. have them let stuff go than to have them call too much. Yeah, I, I mean, well, when we I thought we were the ones being victimized with the letting the stuff go. So, I, I mean, like I think that five minutes at the end of the game was nonsense. I don't know where he got that. Um, you know, I, 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 obviously the penalty kick for. Uh, for Brazil's first match was extraordinarily dubious. Uh, there's a couple uh, dubious calls, but I, I, I think in the end, when it comes down to refereeing, you take the good, you take the bad, and that's what you have, the facts of life, you know. I got those lyrics. But, you completely uh, freaking lost me, man. I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. <laughs> I, I realized I was trying to say something, and I realized I started quoting lyrics to facts of life, and I was just like, I'm just going with this. No, I, I, in... in all seriousness, uh, that's the World Cup. You know, um, you just can't let the refs affect the game. You can't let the effect they, uh, them affect. Uh, they're gonna make mistakes. Um, I am one of those people who's opposed to the whole coaches' challenges idea that I've heard some people, um, you know, bander, bander about. But uh, it's just not my thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, that goal line technology, man, is it? It has confirmed to me that every goal really hit the back of the net. <laughs> hey, there was there was one goal that that barely crossed by an inch, and there was that... one goal that was saved by two inches, and I and I really appreciated that goal line technology. You know what pisses me off more than anything, though, Pat, and this should be part of our drinking game is the folded arms. Every time you see a shot of a player folding his arms, especially during introductions, and the whole team folding their arms and folding their arms and folding their arms. I think I think a better one that we can add to our drinking game is uh, keep drinking every time for until a player stops rolling after he's been fouled. Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> Brazil, Mexico today. It was it was you know it, it it could be Olympic diving. I mean, it was just so awful. It was just so egregious. Uh, they were trying to get away with. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh man. Uh. Yeah, I think we've analyzed this World Cup pretty much head to toe. Well, head to toe. There's so much to talk about. We only have an hour though, so I mean, we I could literally talk. 
I've been loving watching the the World Cup tonight on ESPN. I mean, I know usually the mothership doesn't do like the most fantastic job of analyzing things, but I've actually really enjoyed watching the extent to which they cover what's going on. Julie Foudy's a little bit of a pain in the ass with her human interest stories, uh, but they're actually covering the players, covering the things that are going on, covering the teams. Uh, there obviously there's a lot more depth about the American team, the England team, and the Mexico team. But even so, I've really liked that. I've liked the inclusion of Men in Blazers uh, pod. But uh, you know, we'll we'll take our our station in life. Uh, it, you know, being a being a, a fair to Midland podcast. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've really enjoyed a lot of what's been going on with this World Cup and. Of course, the big thing that we should talk about, Patty, that we've neglected to talk about with this World Cup is the American support, the fact that it sounded yes. like a pro-American crowd. Oh, yes. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, people are, you know, it, it hasn't gotten the best TV ratings. And I say, you know why that is? It's because people are going to bars. They're going yeah. to parties, They're going to places to watch it. It's like boxing used to be. Uh, and you're probably too young to remember this, Patty, but it used to be we would all get together for a boxing match, a big boxing match, and we'd all throw some money into a pot and we'd buy the pay-per-view and we'd just, you know, hang out and grill and watch the fight and get really into it. And it seems like people are turning this into a social event. And it's like soccer really, really has arrived because it's bringing people together to celebrate the sport, celebrate their American heritage, uh, and to really enjoy what's going on uh, in the world of sport right now and enjoy what's going on with this tournament, to celebrate this great American win, this you know, this great, exciting, sometimes American team. Uh, and, and it's fantastic. I've really, really, really enjoyed to see the amount of support that we have, to see the number of American outlaws. And if you're an American outlaw and you listen to us right now, boy, we salute you for organizing the way you have and for getting – uh, the people down to uh, to Brazil for this tournament because it's not an easy place to go. Uh, I'm actually in one of my hats as a travel agent. I, I've worked with Brazilians on travel. They're awful. They're disorganized. It's really hard to get people down there uh, and to get them organized. And AO has done such a terrific job of getting people there, keeping them, uh, you know, moving in the right direction. It's going to get be really difficult to get people into Manaus on Sunday, uh, but they're going to do a good job of that as well. And I'm just so very excited to see the impact that this game is now having in this country. And I feel, I actually, I didn't know how I'd feel about soccer when it actually arrived. I've been a enormous soccer fan for, uh, you know, 15, 20 years. I've been a real big U.S. fan since the 2002 run to the world uh, in the World Cup, beating Mexico, getting all the way to the quarterfinal, losing to Germany, uh, and and I didn't know how I'd feel about it when people actually really embraced this sport. That it was no longer a niche sport. Uh, but I'm just so happy to see people celebrating it, people seeing the joy that can be in it, seeing the universality that can be in it, see the fun that can happen from seeing a goal like John Brooks scored uh, the other night, uh, you know, or last night, um, see the elation that can come from that. Uh, it's not boring to have a 2-1 game because when that game-winning goal comes, it is the the most amazing blood-rushing to, to your head feeling that you can uh, experience. So I've just been really excited to see how America's respond to this World Cup, respond to, to Jurgen Klinsmann's team, and I just couldn't be more excited for how we're going to be going forward. How was that for a long 
long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> I don't even remember the question, but uh, all I can say is, um, you know, in, in New York, uh, a friend of mine told me the overnight rating was 14 point something, and it just edged out the entire combined rating of the new, both the New York Giants and New York Jets last season. Uh, now the rating was between both Univision and ESPN combined, but hey, guess what? We're all Americans here. Um, no, I, I'm with you. I was kind of waiting to see the growth, and I, I think it, it really has arrived. I mean, just just search the you know America reacts to John Brooks's goal, and you can watch city after city, bar after bar, uh, watch event after watch event, where of people just erupting. People, in some cases, even the thousands. Um, last Saturday uh, for the Italy England game. Uh, it was crowded at my pub. It was very crowded. It was a great atmosphere. I got showered with English beer after their first goal. Um, and I, and I talked to the owners. I was like, they're like, oh, it's going to be so much crazier for, uh, so much crazier for, you, you know, the U.S. game. I was like, you think so? Uh, you know, me thinking we live in an Italian neighborhood. Who's going to really come to a suburban bar to watch the game? Um, and, uh, the American fans proved that, that tiny bit of doubt I had. Uh, it was proven on it. We were packed in like sardines. I had to sit on the grass in between two picnic tables and try to crane my neck to see the TV. Um, it, it really was a tremendous atmosphere. Uh, if you don't think soccer is, has, has arrived yet in this country, uh, you're not paying attention. Um, it has arrived. Uh, it's going to keep growing. And this whole thing... Is just amazing, and as Jason he typed uh, during your soliloquy, um, the ratings clearly would have been much much higher if uh, if people didn't go to the bars. Uh, but yeah, I, I but agree. The, but the fact of the matter is that bar atmosphere. If you're if if you're a family, I'm sorry, I don't necessarily recommend it. I mean, there were families at the bar I was at. Um, I don't necessarily, it, and that's mainly actually even just because. Your kids might not be able to see the TV. Uh, it, it is that packed. Um, but there's, there's, one... there's other watching party opportunities, and I'm not sure Absolutely. about what's going Absolutely. on, what's going on uh, in the suburban sprawl, but here in Denver, uh, the Colorado Rapids, Rapids have taken over a part of downtown on either side of the 16th Street Mall. They've got two large viewing areas, and there's games, and there's drinks, and there's stuff, and you could just sit out on the lawn and watch Yeah. Uh, game on a big screen television, celebrate with people. And that's a great place to bring the kids because there's a little bit of space behind. You can kick the ball around during halftime, have a little bit of fun. Uh, it's it's really, really, you know, nice what they're doing, encouraging people to, uh, uh, you know, to, to enjoy the game in a public oh. setting, even doing it in a place where the kids can, you know, can do it. Because, you know, as soccer fanatics, we get on the Dippin' Dots crowd a little bit. But yeah. at the same time, it's you know it is nice to see uh, that the game's going to be in good hands when uh, you and I are old and gray. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying yeah, no. Families should absolutely go see the game uh, in New York. I know at least at Red Bull Arena they had a watch party uh, on TV at ESPN. They showed there was one in Brooklyn. Where that is, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I'm sure if you're if you're if you have a family and you want to find a good watch party, I'm sure you can find one. Uh, it, it's just. I was just saying certain bars, you know, so your kids can – not even just the atmosphere of rowdy idiots, you know, just just so your kids can see the game, which is most important. Yeah. Um, 
And, and, and this other thing about soccer arriving, I mean, four years ago, the the pundits on ESPN Radio pretty much described how they couldn't get into soccer. Like, I don't get it. And they would just move on to like, and the Yankees today, blah, 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 blah. This time, nope. They can't get away from it. They cannot get away from it. They open the show. They do a half-hour soccer. Uh, they say things that are wrong. But <laughs> it's, you know, uh, key being Mike Francesa had to ask a soccer coach if uh, players use their left foot. Um, yeah, uh, uh, other guys are saying, well, now that outdoor door's out, how come we didn't bring Landon Donovan when the two players couldn't be uh, more different? Um, yeah, exactly. uh, one guy last night at late ESPN was like, I don't get why American fans are mad about the, the U.S. not winning beautifully. And when one guy actually tried to call up and explain, it's like, well, no, it's because we don't necessarily think they can win playing that way against Portugal and Germany. He's like, shouldn't you just care to win? And we're like, no, you're not understanding. <laughs> like, it's not an aesthetic thing. It's, you know, can that style win, you know, against better teams? But, um, yeah, it, but, uh, you know, again, soccer has arrived. It is here. Uh, granted, the, the times we're watching are going to be a little weird with Russia next year, but, eh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, and just one more thing before we sign off, Patty. I want to take a real quick look at after that enormous uh, win, redemptive win against Ghana. Where do we stand in terms of? Uh, well, we had a, you know, a really great guest from last week, Chris Naden, uh, talking about some of these odds. Uh, I'm really interested in odds to advance uh, and and you know looking at that. Our odds to win the group outright actually improved even though uh you know Germany certainly improved more. Last last uh week Germany was 8 to 15, uh 8 uh 15 to to win outright the group. Now they're uh, 1 over 14, which I mean it's just a dead lock. We've improved from 14 to 1 to 10 to 1 to win the group outright. We're the only two teams that really have a chance to win that group outright. Portugal's dropped to 28 to 1. Uh, Ghana is sixty six to one, but uh, the 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 straight ahead forecast of who's uh, to advance. Uh, last week it was Germany, Portugal, thirteen to ten was the number one. Uh, the second was actually Germany and USA, four to one. Uh, uh, it was tied as uh, with Portugal Germany uh, at four to one, but uh, and with Portugal Germany, sorry, at four to one. Um, but now, uh, those odds significantly improved. Uh, the straight for- forecast, uh, is actually, it's still Germany, Portugal. Surprisingly enough, there's a lot of faith, uh, especially across the pond in Portugal, uh, riding the ship against us. Uh, Germany, Portugal, one to one. Uh, so it's an, uh, even odds bet on those two advancing, but we're a five to four. Uh, with Germany uh, finishing second behind them, so it's a pretty it's a pretty even on chance. Uh, Germany Ghana, Ghana eight to one, um, but the third best uh, line going right now is USA first, Germany second, twelve to one. Those aren't bad odds, uh, all things considered. Uh, so certainly the odds for us uh, have improved. If you are an eternal optimist like Patty, my co-host, <laughs> uh, you want to know the odds for the USA to win the entire World Cup. Last week they were at 250 to one. Uh, we were among one of the you know middle to bottom uh, teams. 
uh, in that regard. This this week we've jumped to 150 to one. I think a good result against Portugal uh, would put us in the you know the this, the double digits yeah. uh, to, for that uh, for that. But you know it's a it's a really good uh, outlook for us. Uh, the TriCast uh, it's 11 to five Germany USA Portugal. So that's a good you know a good uh, odds for us. And we're actually we're at 18 to one to win all three games. I don't think that's going to happen, but. Uh, you know, Portugal's at twelve to one to lose all three games, uh, which I think is an interesting, uh, an interesting line. I'm not betting any of these things, of course, because betting <laughs> is not legal. Uh, but I think it's interesting to see where uh, across the pond the money is going uh, and where you know public sentiment is. So obviously, faith in Portugal is failing. They're four to one to finish bottom. We're 11 to one to finish bottom. So our, our odds for advancing are, are better than our uh, odds to finish bottom basically is what I'm saying. So all things looking up, I think there's a really good chance for us. Uh, you know, all things considered, if we take care of business against Portugal uh, to move on and uh, you know, once you get into that knockout round, uh, anything can happen. You never know. Eden Hazard could be injured in the next game, and Belgium could be toothless against us. Uh, although that's a really good team. I wouldn't want to play against Fellaini and his hair either. Yeah, it's uh, odds definitely improving in the U.S. favor. So, let's see. Is there anything else? I think I've talked myself out, man. There we go. It's ah! red, red card, yellow card with Jason Apico. How did you not hear that whistle go? Seriously. <laughs> you just like to, you just like to listen to me talk, don't you? There was a little bit of a delay. Okay. All right. So I have, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four cards to hand out tonight. Oh, Start my with, goodness. So much for it was actually, this tournament with a clue. It was actually six, <laughs> but I took two away because I realized how stupid they were. Anyway, <laughs> Pat, Pat gets a yellow for the, quote, pro-Germain Jones zone. Because how stupid that sounds. Um, <laughs> Pat gets a red for saying, when we beat Germany, because why are you trying to jinx us? Come on. I don't believe in jinxes. I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't believe in jinxes. Pat also gets another red Ed, for the Facts of Life lyrics. Seriously. I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with that. <laughs> And then the one card for Chris is a red because during our pre-show talk, you had to play around with the Google Hangout extension drawing, which is new, and draw the word bureaucrat on me. <laughs> Listen, I, I have no regrets. Uh, you know, I, I thought that uh, there were some irregularities with uh, you know the way that you were uh, moderating. All right, well, that's all I have. Uh, all right. Well, uh, as we said at the beginning of the show, if you have any of your own radios, feel free to send them in and uh, let us know. Uh, you can follow us at our website, yankscomarching.blogspot.com. You can email us at yankscomarching at gmail.com. Facebook, facebook.com slash yankscomarching. Twitter, at yankscomarching. Myself, I'm PMACD82. Chris is at Chris Kaminsky18. Uh, and our producer, Jason, is at Dr. Stooge. You can subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitch Radio, Radio, RSS. And you can find us at SoundCloud.com slash Yanks-Go-Marching. Um, leave us a review uh, on any of those. Give us a rating. Uh, let us know what you think about this show. Uh, final words. Chris, 
Got anything to say? I do. I am really excited to see if we can tame the mighty Amazon. If it were me, though, I would uh, right away find a way to get under Cristiano Ronaldo's skin, like within the first five minutes, a legal way, of course, but maybe something that draws a yellow card. I don't know, but just get under his skin. He'll be unhinged the entire game, especially after Portugal's performance. When I would play college basketball, Patty, I was a little bit of an aggravator. When mm-hmm. guys would try and post me up, I would pull their leg hair and piss them off. So I'm thinking that we need to do something like that to Cristiano Ronaldo, take him off his game even more, and coast to victory and advancement. I can't believe we're already talking about the possibility of the U.S. advancing out of the group of death. I'm so excited. I can't even believe it. Uh, Sunday cannot come soon enough for me. I think for the players as well, they want to get out there and show uh, that the the win wasn't a fluke and that they can play a much better uh, uh, game for 90 minutes. Uh, And I I think they will. Uh, To add to that, all I can say is, Get over the euphoria of the excitement of this past couple days. That game is in the past. Face Portugal. Get ready for Portugal. And like you said, get ready to advance out of the group of death. Well, this has been episode 14 of the Yanks Go Marching Podcast. For myself, Chris, and Jason, we will see you later. Peace, y'all!
the jungle.